Hello everyone, and welcome back to a special episode of World's True Crime. My name is Brad, and with me as always is my beautiful fiance Denise. Hi everyone. So we're going to be uh, a little bit different this episode, and I'm going to take over this new Patreon one. Yay! Give me give, a break. Give her a break, yeah. So this special Patreon episode, we're going to be talking about the case of Ramadan Abdel Rahim Mansour, also known as Al Torbini. Mm-hmm. He is an Egypt serial killer, and he has a lot of kills behind him. He certainly does. We're doing this as a Patreon episode because there's really not a lot of information about him, even though he has a lot of kills, and we think that his story does need to be told. Sure it does. So, Ramadan got his nickname Al Torbini because it means the express train, and he was active for eight years between 1999 and 2006. The gang has confessed to being active for only five years, but the court documents say there were eight years. So we're just going to go by what the court says is by eight and not believe what the gang members have to say. No, like, why are we going to believe a gang member over courts? Oh, 100%. <laughs> Ramadan was known to have 32 confirmed kills. They found the bodies of 15 of them, but 17 are still out there. Mm-hmm. Only because he killed on a train and threw their bodies over and nobody knows where they are. It could have been wild animals or anything that could have taken them. Plus, it is Egypt, right? So it's so hot there. I think the bodies would um, degrade quicker. Over time? Oh, yeah, for sure. There wouldn't be much left of them except for bones. Yeah. So all Ramadan's victims were all aged 10 to 14, and most of them were boys. So let's get to the history of Ramadan. He was born in 1980 in Tanta, Egypt. His family was not wealthy. So in order to support them, financially, he had to go to work at the age of 12. Ramadan left his hometown and went to Cairo, where he gained employment at a cafe located at the railway station. While he worked there, he became a victim to violence. Ramadan was spotted by a local delinquent in the area, and he ended up being bullied by this local thug, and his name was Al Torbini. Later on, Ramadan ends up embracing it for himself later. At first, the thug would start with verbal taunts, which turned more aggressive, and he would frequently beat Mansour and steal his money. Eventually, the bullying took an even more sickening turn. Ramadan spoke of being raped by this man, after which he was thrown off a moving train. Wow, that's pretty sad. Uh, that is, he's only 12 at the time when this happened. Yeah. He was just a child. It's almost like he started having this early at an early age, and it just stays with him for his life. It does. It really does. It just, this is what I think catapults him into being this. Who he is? Yeah, who he is, exactly. Okay, Ramadan barely escaped with his life as a result of the abuse. He suffered a serious head and eye injury. His right eye was left with permanent damage and he had numerous fractures all over his body. I I won't say he was lucky that he survived the ordeal, but... For a person, a, a child, to be thrown from a train, it's pretty lucky for them to survive. After recovering for about a month in the hospital, Ramadan was able to return home. As one could imagine, this ordeal caused Ramadan psychological trauma that would change him forever. Mm-hmm. The experience was so large that he turned from being the loving son who was out there helping his family financially into a life of violence. Yeah, now this brutal event left such emotional trauma that led Ramadan to become the same monster as the perpetrator who threw him from the train. As a young child, 
Ramadan ended up joining a street gang in Cairo. The gang taught him about survival skills by using razor blades on him. They even dragged him behind a car and beat him with a rubber baton whenever he made a mistake. Mm-hmm. So people who don't know what a baton is, they're used by riot control, and uh, they're usually the people behind the shields that, you know, beat people. <laughs> yeah, what I pictured was that uh, stick with the handle. I think um, the people, uh, the police in the UK use. Yeah, it's kind of like that. It's kind of like a billy club. A yeah, a billy, billy club. club. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah, that's what I think it pretty much is. Oh, that's exactly what it is. Okay. Yeah. So prior to his killing spree, he committed several crimes and served time in jail. And he's also known to abuse drugs. I mean, who does it at that age when they're young like that in, the, in a gang? Uh, I would know. I'm not in gang life. Thug life. <laughs> it wasn't long before Ramadan grasped the rules of gang life and soon became a gang leader himself and took upon the name Al Turbini, the same name of the delinquent who threw him from the train. He learned the street rule. Someone hurts you, you hurt them. Pretty much an eye for an eye. Mm-hmm. Never took the... Um... The higher ground, I guess you'd say? Well, not when you're in a gang. I guess not. I don't know gang life. It wasn't long before his retaliation got out of control, and even people who didn't hurt him ended up getting hurt or worse, killed. The rule that his gang lived by was, you do not just bust a cap in the fucker that screwed you around. Rape him also. So, for example, if you called the police on him, you got his little dick in your asshole. What I got from this whole gang saying that they go by is that it's like they are homosexuals and they're using this as an excuse to rape people to get their thrills on little boys. Well, yeah, because most of their victims are young boys. Yeah, so it's like this is their... Their way to be homosexual. So now we're going to head to Ramadan's first victim. He was a 12-year-old boy named Ahmed Nawi. He was also a member of Ramadan's gang. When 19-year-old Ramadan tried to sexually assault him, like exactly what happened to him at that age, Ahmed reported the incident to the police. The boss leader, Ramadan, was arrested but was released for lack of evidence. That's too bad. Yep. After Ramadan was released, Ramadan raped and murdered Ahmed in retaliation, and then the boy disappeared. Probably thrown from the train. Yep, that was his first victim, and that's kind of what his MO was, is throwing mm-hmm. victims from a train. That's what he ends up doing, yeah. I couldn't find anything about it. Well, this case is really hard to find facts for. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of information about this, but what we have is very small, and so, but what we have needs to be said. Yeah, it doesn't matter. We want to talk about everywhere in the world and not ignore some countries just because they're small cases because every country is having problems. Exactly, yep. Between 1999 and 2006, Ramadan, along with six accomplices, members of the gang probably, mm-hmm. frequently traveled between Cairo and Alexandria on the top of the express train. So they were just hanging up top like... Uh, most people who travel by train usually do to stay away from giving away tickets and stuff like that. Yeah. Was... Uh, you probably get a good view of this when you watch uh, the Polar Express. Oh, 
Yeah. When they're on top of the train. Yeah, exactly, with um, the hobo on top. Yep. Ramadan always felt safer in Alexandria because it had fewer police officers. The vice department of the Borg El Arab police station in Alexandria started keeping a profile on him during this time. Yeah, I think it's because of when the boy went missing, because the boy reported um, the incident, right? And they didn't have enough evidence, and all of a sudden the boy disappeared. So they were just keeping an eye on him, waiting for him to make a mistake. But he didn't know this. He didn't know that they were keeping an eye from afar. Usually, if you are a bad guy, you usually don't know until it's too late. Mm-hmm. The victims were sadly runaways and street children, and nobody reported them missing. There are no official figures of the number of homelessness and street children in Egypt, but estimates range from 200,000 to 1 million. That's a lot of people. Isn't that insane? Yeah, and a quarter of them are believed to be younger than the age of 12. That's just unbelievable. I That's, um, that's unfathomable to me. I couldn't imagine here in Canada... So many children just without homes, like living on the streets under the age of 12. Oh, that's crazy. That's a lot of children. Ramadan and his gang members would lure street children into the carriage roof of the trains, where they were then stripped, gang raped, tortured with razor blades, and then murdered. One victim was tied, bound, or otherwise restrained during the crime. And... Ramadan also used a firearm that was in his possession for all these crimes, and that probably made it a lot easier for him to subdue his victims. Mm-hmm. You know, you, what, what child is going to go against a gun pointing at them? Yeah, you're on the other side of a barrel. Like you're going to do what they say, right? Yep. Then they would toss their naked bodies onto the trackside, and either they were already dead or barely alive when they landed on the tracks. If they were still alive, it wasn't for long as oncoming trains would pulverize their small bodies. Just so horrible. He also claimed that sometimes he threw bodies into the Nile, or times buried them alive. Doesn't that just... Puts a little wrench in my throat. These children being buried alive or thrown on a train track, and I look at my oldest son, he works with trains, and those things are freaking heavy. Yeah, it is. Well, it doesn't matter how heavy they are or anything yeah. like that, you get hit by a train, and you're not going to feel a thing. Yeah. So, and unfortunately, we don't have information about a lot of the other victims. We only know small facts. So, I wish we could say go more in-depth into the victims, but unfortunately, we can't because this is pretty much all we have. But, I mean, a little bit is better than nothing. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so on November 27, 2006... The body of a 14-year-old boy, Mohammed Salem, was found in an Alexandria train station basement. Physically abused, this seemed to coincide with other bodies, showing up in different cities at train stations. El Torbini and his gang were caught in an Italian mafia-style arrest. The police were able to catch the first gang member, and while he was being interrogated, they caught another one. So it's kind of like you catch one, interrogate, catch another one, interrogate before anybody could talk, and then try to get them to flip on each other. Yeah, I was wondering what the whole Italian style, or Italian mafia style arrest was all about. 
Yaz is trying to get them to flip without telling anybody. And it worked. Yeah, they say that one person's talking and then you'll get a lighter sense if you talk. And then it's because you get a bunch of young kids, one of them is going to talk. Yeah, they were all really young. Well, yeah, he was only 19 at the time, right? Mm -hmm. So the first two members that were caught spilled the beans on everybody else, revealing their activities, location, and identified Ramadan as their leader. Didn't take much for them to vomit out everything. Not that age, no. No. So at the time of their capture, police had already found 15 bodies. After their arrest, they got a full confession. Gang members said that they knew of another 17 bodies and promised they would help the police locate them. The bodies were scattered around eight other cities across Egypt. Ramadan claimed ownership to over 32 victims. That's astounding to me. He's 19 years old, has 32 victims on mm-hmm. him. How is this case not more prominent? Yeah, I. It, it seems like a lot of the cases in Egypt are quite closed off. When I went to the um, Egyptian news, they didn't have much on this. I don't know if they did have stuff at one point and they just got rid of it, or they're just being very closed mouth about it. I would say they're being very closed mouth. They don't want. To, they don't want them to have a bad name, and also it's a tourist place, and they don't want tourists to feel scared either. Well, it is a place I want to visit someday. Well, you want to visit it. I but, do. <laughs> but, the, but the thing is, though, if you want to visit it, if you hear about somebody killing all these people, you're not going to want to visit. So tourism is going to go way down. Yeah, but I would visit any place, even when there's murders. There's murders in our city. I still live here. Yeah, but you got to think about what they're thinking about too, right? Yeah, I know. So on November 29th, 2006, Ramadan was arrested. He reportedly told prosecutors that he was possessed by a female jinn who commanded him to commit all these crimes. Mm-hmm. He also added that he liked and felt satisfied raping and murdering boys. So depending on your belief system, a jinn is an extra-dimensional life form who inhabits an unseen world in dimensions beyond the visible universe of humans. Together, the jinn Humans and angels make up the three sentient creations of God. Like human beings, the jinn can also be good, evil, or neutral. And therefore, they have free will, like humans, unlike angels. Originally from the Garbia Governate of Egypt, Ramadan was arrested for the murder and rape of at least 32 children, almost all boys, in 2006 in Cairo. Thank God. I wish we just had more information about his victims. Same here. The fact that Ramadan was a serial infanticide shocked everyone in his hometown. When the media spoke to Ramadan's brother, the news was rather horrifying to him. The gang leader was known to be quite beloved, quiet, and calm person around the neighborhood. He was still seen as poor, somewhat mentally slowed down man, and everyone was nice to him because of this. They said clearly he was capable of projecting varying personas to the people in his life, the hallmarks of a true psychopath. This case shocked Egypt since it was relevant by reports in an independent daily. On May 23, 2007, a court sentenced two gang leaders to death. Ringleaders Rabadin Abdel Rahim Mansour and Fareg Samir Mahmoud. He was also known as Hanada. They were convicted and sentenced by criminal court in Tanta 
90 kilometers north of Cairo. Now 27-year-old Ramadan with 25-year-old Fareg were also found guilty of illegal possession of weapons. In Egyptian law, the judge is able to ask Egypt's Grand Mufti for his opinion, which is actually a legal and standard practice before a sentence becomes final. So the, for people who don't know what a Grand Mufti is, is very influential in Egypt as well as throughout the Arab and Islamic world. The Grand Mufti is a government first and primary source of religious authority. It is seen as a symbolic religious representative of the government and is able to issue fatwas on religious matters. And another piece of information, a fatwa is just uh, a formal... Ruling. Ruling, yeah, just, it's law. <laughs> yeah, it's an Islamic law. Ramadan's brother, Muhammad said that his mother had fainted when she was told of the sentence, and she was the first one to know, he said. We visited my brother in prison last week, he added. He was calm and did not appear aware of what was about to happen. The Tanta court adjourned the case until June 20th, when it will rule on five of the other defendants in the case. The five other accomplices were also convicted in the case, but were spared execution. Instead, they received sentences ranging between three and 40 years in prison. On December 16th, 2010, both Ramadan and Fareg were both executed by hanging at Burj al-Arab prison, which is 55 kilometers from Alexandria in Egypt. So soon after his arrest, Al-Aram, a widely circulated Egyptian newspaper, reported that some products in Egypt were being renamed after Ramadan's nickname, Al-Torbini. Perhaps it's probably a marketing ploy? I would say so. Due to the shock or the callous disinterest in the lives of the street children, businesses began using his nickname on store signs, cars, and even sandwiches. Al-Aram also stated that it was the weirdest such marketing game, that owners and supermarkets and communication centers in Tanta renamed their businesses Al-Torbini, the Butcher of Garbia. There were even sheep traders that gave the name Al-Torbini to the large lamb which cost more than 2,000 Egyptian pounds, which we saw was about $135 Canadian today. It's actually pretty cheap. Yeah, I'd say so. For a large lamb? Yeah. I think my freezer would be full of lamb if we had that here. Yeah. Although I don't like lamb, but I would force myself. <laughs> lamb chops. Yeah. Lamb chops play along. <laughs> this just reminds me of us bugging Braden last week. Yeah. <laughs> Some tuk-tuk drivers called their vehicles Al-Turbini to attract customers. And if you guys don't know what a tuk-tuk is, it's pretty much a taxi. Yeah, is it one of those um, those three-wheel taxis? Yes, is it is. A- yep. Okay. It is, yep. I just remember seeing that, I think, on um, Amazing Race we just watched. Yeah, that is right. Author and journalist John R. Bradley, he's got a pretty good last name there. He does. Commented in his book, Inside Egypt, the land of the pharaohs on the brink of revolution, that states this reaction borders on the incomprehensible, but what it clearly indicates is that something has gone terribly wrong with contemporary Egyptian society. I have to agree with that. Oh, people are... They should not profit off somebody who killed 30 plus people. No. If anything, they should be talking about the victims, not the person that did the crimes. Exactly. Make them 
rock stars, not him. Very true. But remember we were talking about how the children are kind of ignored around there? They weren't even uh, recorded as being missing. I really wish we had more information about the victims because I would rather I would rather make them famous in this case than him. Yeah, like we did with um, Anders. At the very end, we went and had the whole list of all the victims. Yeah, they, they're the ones that need to be known, not him. Yes, completely agree. So wrapping it up, judicial authorities have finally drawn the curtain on the case, known as the Turbines Street Children. With the execution of Ramadan Abdel Rahman Mansour, known as the Turbine Engine, and his accomplice, Fareg Samir Mahmoud. Ramadan's mark on Egyptian psyche remains as potent as ever today, with any murder of children in Egypt dubbed the New Torbini, a dark testament to his awful legacy. That's quite the episode. It is, and that's where we're going to finish it off. Mm-hmm. That's all we have on him, and I wish we had more on the victims and the cases, but... I mean, this is all we got, so this is what we're going to stay with. Yeah, I'm going to keep an eye on it, so if anything does come up, we can always add it to future... We'll do an update or something if we need to. Yeah, we'll always, like, throw it in there. If anyone else has any information, send it to us. We can always add it. Yeah, 100%. I hope you all enjoyed this bonus episode, even though I was doing all the commentating and... It's not Denise's voice, but, I mean, it'll do for now, I guess. I thoroughly enjoy just sitting back and watching you struggle and sweat and kind of squirm in your seat. I bet you did. (laughs) I did. (laughs) It was actually a lot of fun, actually, uh, doing it by myself. Well, I'm glad. Maybe you can do more. I probably will. Because I absolutely find it such a struggle talking and listening to myself. I just, I'm so tired of hearing my voice. I love your voice. That makes one of us. (laughs) I'm sure your mom, if she's listening, she enjoys your voice too. She doesn't. She does. (laughs) Okay, guys. Well, if you guys have any case suggestions for us, that'd be great. You guys Mm -hmm. just email them at uh, worldstruecrime at hotmail.com and you guys know where we are. So we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Please let us know. We want to hear of other cases that aren't known. Yeah. If you guys have a case from your hometown and you want us to cover, we'll do it. Yeah. Send us an email. You bet. Okay, everyone, we're going to say goodbye now. So just remember, the world is not always as it seems. No, it's not. Okay, bye, everyone. Bye.